0: Welcome to Somewhat Useful, the show where we explore the world of digital entrepreneurship and web design. I'm Christy Price and I'm a
1: Squarespace web designer. And I'm Will Myers and I'm a Squarespace web developer.
0: We'll discuss topics shaping the world around us and tackle your questions from the mailbag. We're figuring this out too and hope you find this at least somewhat useful.
1: Today, we're gonna be talking about marketing, a few strategies that have worked for us and what makes marketing so hard. And the best place to start is how we feel about marketing. But first, let's thank our sponsor.
0: This episode is sponsored by Growth Trackers. Have you ever heard test your marketing, but you have no idea how to do that? Social, Google, cold calls, summits, lives, freebies, marketing can become an exhausting grind. What if you knew how to choose the best path for your business? Introducing Growth Trackers a membership for creative business owners who want to stay booked with less energy. Take charge of your leads when you learn how to find your get booked formula. Become a growth tracker at super easy slash growth trackers and use code somewhat useful for 5% off your membership.
1: So Christy, when I say marketing, what happens inside of you? Do you get anxious, worried, excited?
0: If I'm being honest, somewhere between apprehension and overwhelm. Uh, I feel Mm -hmm. like marketing is something I do okay on in some realms like SEO, but fall really short on in other areas like selling my digital products.
1: Yeah, 100%. I feel good with SEO, uh, but different in other areas. And overall, generally, there's just a feeling of dread, to be honest. Let's mm-hmm. let's sort of rewind back the clock a little bit and take okay. this back to the beginning for both of us. So in general, if you're starting a business, you know, marketing is necessary, mm-hmm. but it can feel super daunting as you're getting started. So we can either get over that feeling and just do the marketing ourselves, whatever that might be. Uh, we can hire it out and have someone else do it, uh, or we can just ignore it altogether <laughs> and just do nothing and just sort of see what happens and the hope ostrich method. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Just ignore it. Put your head in the sand. And frankly, each have their pros and cons. But I want to start off by asking you, what was the first Mm -hmm. piece of marketing that you ever did for your business before you had an Instagram following, before you had people on your newsletter list? uh, Mm -hmm. It was just you and your computer. What did you first do to get customers?
0: So when I first started out, I let someone else do it. So um, Mm. when when I started working in Squarespace, I was not sure at all how to market, but there was a company at the time called 60 and it let people hire Squarespace experts for an hour and it did mm-hmm. all of the marketing. So I signed up to be an expert, bluffed my way through the interviews. Um nice. <laughs> Yes. Nice. And, um, and people hired me through that platform and as they hired me, that's when I started blogging a little bit so that as I was figuring things out, I would share those, tips with other people who were wondering the same thing. Cause I thought if this person who's hiring me has this question, other people do other too.
1: Other do, 100%. Yeah,
0: and then they started occasionally connecting me with someone who needed a custom website. So that's mm. how I started off is I let someone else do the marketing for me. Smart. How about you, Will?
1: Really, really smart. <laughs> um, I think it's important to note here like the differences in our businesses. Yours mm-hmm. is client-based, you're getting clients right. and building websites. Yes. I'm selling $10, $20 plugins, much, mm-hmm. much lower price point. And so there's inherently going to be different audiences. But I started and you
0: need a volume
1: of sales too. Yes, I need a I need mm-hmm. a volume of sales, correct. So for me, I just started blogging. I started Mm -hmm. finding other people, same thing. Like if someone else had this question, if someone posted the question on Mm -hmm. Facebook, if someone posted it on the circle forum, you can pretty much guarantee someone else has that exact same question. So you just honestly took the question, reformatted it to sound like a title, like a statement instead of a question and Mm -hmm. then answer it. That's exactly
0: what I did, Will.
1: And look, it
0: panned out.
1: There we go. Honestly. And it's great. And Also, what I really like about that method is it provides like a frictionless way to share your content because someone's already Mm -hmm. asked the question. Mm -hmm. So you're not like going into groups and promoting stuff and kind of being like everyone's just kind of rolling their eyes because it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, this person's self-promoting, which it can work. I'm not going to knock that. Uh, But it feels
0: icky, right? It feels
1: icky. It feels super icky. I could never do it, but I know a lot of people who have and it has worked for them. So, I mean, if you can do that, sure. Um, but this is a less icky way of doing that. You're answering directly someone's question.
0: When I was doing this method and I would see a question in a Facebook group, mm-hmm. I would go off and write the blog post and then come back and leave the link to my yes. post. Yes, I did
1: the <laughs> exact same thing. Okay. I did the exact same thing. I would write, it, I would just like rush to write it in like yes. two or three hours. And yes, be like, look, I would turn off dates on my blog. Me just so Me it too,
0: me
1: too. <laughs> so and I would just be like, oh. Funny, funny you ask this question, Med. What a coincidence. I happen Here we to go, have sir. a blog post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did the exact same thing. And it's a great way to just start, you know, creating a library of questions and then Google right. sees it and they start to mm-hmm. like it. And then other people start to notice and remember a name. That's interesting that we both had the exact same strategy there.
0: Yeah. And we're both still here. So
1: and we're both it must still be a here. decent one. <laughs> Something works there. Something <laughs> works. I, I wonder how much of that in your initial stages, were mm-hmm. you pushing your own services? Like at the bottom of the blog post, were you like no. doing promoting? All, no. Yeah. See, me not neither. a bit. No, me it neither. felt
0: weird and icky. I just wanted to be- 100%. I,
1: I wanted to be helpful. And
0: yep. it just- it grew from there. I didn't do promotion or pushing my services at all.
1: Right. Um, but uh, I think
0: that people were so grateful that somebody had the answer to their question that, yeah, I'll book an hour with her. She knew how right. to answer this.
1: Okay. I wanted to ask that because I was the same way. I didn't even have plugins, I had no product to sell. I was mm-hmm. just doing it because I was like, oh, I kind of want to, I would like to grow a newsletter list. So I think I had yeah. like a newsletter sign up block at the bottom, but mm-hmm. it was very much just to be. To be helpful and to sort of get my name out there a little bit. And more.
0: so smart to put your newsletter block. I waited like another year before I added that and I could kick oh, myself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, I know I just recently rewrote one of my intro emails, like after someone mm-hmm. signs up to tell them about my Instagram uh-huh. page. Uh, yeah. And since I've launched that, which was like two days ago, rewrote that. I've had like five new people start following me on Instagram. I'm like, Ugh. if
0: you just so then, tell like people about it, yeah. I know
1: <laughs> that's the thing. People just don't know. Like people, mm-hmm. like that's step one is they just need to be aware that you're even right. around. That's step one in marketing. Mm-hmm. There's like a funnel with marketing, and obviously we all know, but there is mm-hmm. sort of the top of the line funnel that's like the awareness, and that's more of like Instagram, writing blog posts, just like sharing stuff, and mm-hmm. then there is. The newsletter, maybe this is, um, I don't know, maybe Instagram is sort of lower down on a list. Like, how do you market to people on a newsletter if you don't have anyone on your newsletter list? Like, those are two different phases of marketing. How would you recommend someone moves from one phase to the other? From from the awareness phase to, Mm -hmm. okay, now I'm on a newsletter list. I'm going to buy something.
0: You know, when I started getting traffic to my site because of those blog posts that I wrote, after far too long. I added the newsletter block. And what I did was I actually um, I offered a lead magnet, which has been really helpful. And it's a pre-launch checklist. Mm-hmm. So it's great for designers or DIYers, anybody that's launching a website, just like a little list of things you should check before you go live or when you go live. So people wanted that list. So they signed up for my email. And what I have is a welcome sequence. So once they sign up for my email newsletter, What I do when they sign up is I send out, I think it's seven emails over the course of two weeks. So every other day they get an email from me and it's something that I think they would find useful. Like, oh, Mm. you know, are you building a business? You might find my um, toolkit page useful about all the apps and services that I use in my own business. Um, So I provide some value and then I do, I, um, you know, at the end I pitch a sale. But at that point, I feel like I've given them a lot of great value. I hope that I have anyway. And sure. so maybe they are like, okay, I'm willing to invest some money to learn some more. And then after that, then they get rolled into my normal group. And that's typically an email once a month. And then if I have something like a webinar coming up, I'll send a little extra email about that or a sale.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's the marketing of people that are already in your tribe. What's mm-hmm. the marketing that you do to make people aware of you?
0: Yeah. So I think my marketing today is really building on that foundation that I set years ago when I started blogging because mm. organic SEO is how a lot of people find me because they're searching for something that I wrote a blog post about at one point. Yeah, So I think that yeah. that is what has really helped me. And that's something that I talk a lot about in my course, make money with your blog. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering you know, how do you blog? How do you start? How often do you blog? What do you blog about? How do you find topics? That course might yeah. be helpful to you. Um, but it's Great. it's really, I used my blog to position myself as an expert and to get people to visit my website. And that's when they find out about the services that I offer or the products that mm-hmm. I sell. Mm. So that started probably around 2019. And that's still what I would consider my most successful marketing channel.
1: For some reason, the biggest tangible thing that I associate with marketing is social media. Mm -hmm. And I don't like posting on social media. It's something that I don't do with my personal account. There is this feeling and expectation that you need to do it to, you know, be in the game, so to speak. Do you feel that at all with social media specifically?
0: You know, it depends on the platform. So I actually really like Instagram. And I feel like that's where a lot of people who are doing similar work to me are And then people who Mm. love being entrepreneurs and also some people who are looking for some of the services and products that I offer. So I do like posting there. I don't know that I really get a ton of sales there, but I just enjoy it. I feel like it's more of a community, I guess. Yeah. But I don't ever see myself on TikTok. Uh, It's just like so overwhelming to my brain. I can't even watch videos there. Like I'm the person who watches the TikTok videos once they're Instagram reels. That's how I see TikTok videos.
1: (laughs) 100%. I'm the same way.
0: And I'm starting to post more on LinkedIn, which is where I think I might find some clients, maybe people leaving the corporate Mm. world to start something on their own. So I'm trying to post more on LinkedIn. That's something that I've not done in the past.
1: Do you feel like that's a good investment in, in time? Do you see some possible returns there?
0: I don't know yet. So I've only just started in the last couple of weeks sharing some events. So I shared the webinar that I did with Henry of SEO space. And then I Mm -hmm. shared the circle live that I did. And I will say that I've gotten lots of comments. I didn't really expect to get any kind Mm. of um, engagement with those posts, but I have, and that's been really nice to see. So it is making me think that this is somewhere I could spend some time and see how it pans out. So I'll keep you posted. Interesting,
1: interesting. No, please do. That's yeah. that is a very interesting uh, market that I feel like is pretty undersaturated. But mm-hmm. also, I get like mixed signals from other people saying whether it's like super worth it or not worth it at all for their time. So I don't know. Yeah. Good one to keep tabs on, I guess.
0: It is, and I think it would probably. I mean, my gut says it's probably better for client work than selling digital products, but we'll see. Mm.
1: That's kind of what I was thinking as well. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think people are going to be buying plugins from, yeah, from I'm LinkedIn. not sure it's the right
0: place. For, it's much yeah. more of
1: like a thought leader type place. It's more of right. like a professional Twitter, not not as toxic Twitter.
0: I think it is. yeah, it's one of those sort of social proof signals. So mm-hmm. people see you there, and then they see your website and they think of you as an expert in that area, maybe right. Um, I also have a YouTube presence. It's not huge, but I do try to put helpful videos there from time to time. And I have people that find me that way as well. But, you know, I feel like that's more of a search engine than social media. This is starting to feel very overwhelming to me. It's like, oh, my goodness, I have to do my blog right. and LinkedIn and YouTube. And right. You know. So, yeah. So that overwhelm that I mentioned at the beginning, that's how I'm feeling right now. That's with marketing. exactly
1: that. I, and I think that's. <laughs> Oh, so many of us feel that way. Um mm-hmm. I mean, I do too because it's like you slowly start to do one and then you move into the other and then you have all these things to maintain right. Um, and you don't have to do all of them.
0: No, you don't. That's the you thing. Don't.
1: You really don't have to do all of them. And the other one that we haven't talked about is word of mouth marketing. Yes, like both. how for you how mm-hmm. how helpful is that? referrals like a mm-hmm. re- affiliate referral program or Amazing. just like friends and family stuff. How well has that worked for you?
0: Yeah. So in terms of my courses and digital products, the affiliate marketing is amazing. And I'm so grateful Mm. for my affiliates. They're typically people who've taken one of my courses or bought one of my templates. And they're like, oh, Mm. I have a whole group of people who would love this, which is just such a great feeling. Um, So I love when people want to share that and happy to, you know, give them 20% of the sale. And I think that... In terms of referrals for the client work, I think that's a double edged sword. And this is going to, this may sound a little weird, Mm. but I think that when someone refers someone to you, that client that comes to you has not really done their due diligence. They're just like, oh, you know, Shelly said that I should work with you. And that's a very different kind of feel than when someone has researched web designers. They've gone through a process of searching for someone and they've chosen you. Mm. So those clients that have chosen you, the whole process is much smoother. Like they've bought in from the beginning, right? You know, referrals are great and I do appreciate them, but the process is a little different. So with referral clients, they haven't really looked at your website. You have to articulate again and again what your process is, what expectations are, you know this is a business, it's not a hobby, yeah. and we're going to go through things in this order. And I need this from you on this date, and we're going to sign a contract. And that's right. very different from someone who has searched out finding a web designer and has thought, oh, they they see something in you or your work that feels like a match to them.
1: That's a really good articulation of that. Because I think before you said that, I would have recommended people put more work into the friends and family, just telling friends mm-hmm. and family, getting some other referrals from mm-hmm. that way. And I still think that's important, but mm-hmm. only to a certain point. Only to like make sure you get a couple portfolio pieces. Yes, just to get to started. Get, get the yes. wheels greased and to get started for sure. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. Like as you're getting started, you should also be blogging just so mm-hmm. you can start to get some other people. Cause you're right. If they've come to your website, They've mm-hmm. self-selected in a way, right. if, especially exactly. if you you have your prices listed on your website, mm-hmm. which you do, correct?
0: Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah.
1: So there's a level of self-selecting going on there, which it saves an incredible amount of time on the front end of these right. projects, going back and forth, telling them what they can expect, what you mm-hmm. expect from them, all of mm-hmm. that. Because that's, that's a massive, massive time suck. Yeah. Yeah have you ever considered hiring someone to help with your marketing <laughs> or are you just, you know, going solo the whole time?
0: You know, I so you know me well, I'm typically, yes. a, I can't let go of this and I must do it myself kind of person. But I did a few years ago, hire someone to do Pinterest for me. So this was somebody who came recommended Pinterest. and when Pinterest was still a great way to get clients and customers, And it was such a disaster. I mean, after six months, I felt like I was just throwing money in the air and laughing instead of actually seeing any (laughs) kind of payoff. So I, you know, I I ended that relationship and and the Pinterest expert said, oh, you know, we need at least a year and six months Mm -hmm. isn't going to do it. But at that point, I hadn't seen any return at all. And I was still, I still felt like my SEO on Google was good and I didn't need to put eggs in other baskets at the time. And it mm-hmm. was really, it was more than I wanted to spend on something like that. So now I'm kind of gun shy about hiring yeah. someone else. No. Um, how about you? Have you hired totally. somebody to
1: help? I haven't personally hired anyone out to help with marketing, but I've worked in some companies where we have, we've hired out to help with SEO even. Right. And it kind of felt like a money pit, to be honest. Yes,
0: yes. Um, be- yeah. Because
1: you, there does need to be some level of ownership by the key mm-hmm. decision maker in the business to make this work otherwise it's just going to be kind of like crap content to be quite frank and if you're just getting started i think it can be hard to understand why you'd be paying someone else if you're and still expensive. involved as and expensive right yeah that's the other thing it might not be worth it until like once you probably have a couple employees and you can spend yeah. you know a couple thousand dollars a month on something mm-hmm. like that absolutely makes sense to do it, but are you there? Beginning well, I round... mean,
0: I feel like I run such a lean business; I, it would be tough for me to give up any of that revenue.
1: Yeah, to, for a yeah. I experiment. wish I kind of regret saying a number now because I just have no idea. It's like totally <laughs> independent. um I'm like playing with the idea. For me, I would rather hire someone part time mm-hmm. in my business to do that mm-hmm. rather than like contract that out. I think I'd rather have someone because, because I want, like you, I want more control in Mm -hmm. marketing. Like there's really three things any business does. It's like sales, marketing, and production. You like make a sale, you market yourself, make people aware of you and you produce whatever you've sold. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that was not mine. I got that from like this Barney Cohen, my business mentor, (laughs) um, just disclaimer there. Um, but I think it's hard to outsource a key function of your business. This is like mm-hmm. something that your business has to do. And right. it just doesn't really make sense to outsource that. And, this is kind and, of where and
0: it's interesting, I think, well, because, and maybe we're a little different, but we both use our names as our business names. Yes.
1: And that is a huge caveat to this entire discussion yes. is like, I feel Ooh. way more personal responsibility for, Will mm-hmm. dash Myers, the company, because <laughs> my name is Will Myers. And like, it's very personal to me for obvious reasons. So yeah, I'm way more guarded and particular about what goes out and what doesn't go yes. out and how we talk and the words used and all of that stuff.
0: I, I feel the same. You know, when I, when I landed on using my own name, it was because I didn't think I would ever want to grow an agency or sell my business. Like this is right. this is mine. It's part of me. I mean, my business really does feel like a part of me and I like having it all under the umbrella of my name. And it does. I feel like there is a lot more ownership that goes into it and maybe it makes it hard to delegate. It makes it hard to hire other people. Right. Sure. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I started
1: with my name. How about you? I am, too. For me, like people are buying 10, $20 plugins. There is an incredible amount of trust that needs to go in to that like if someone's going to pay you 10 or 20 dollars mm-hmm. there's no way for me to let someone test something out and see if it works right. before they give me money and this is mm-hmm. all on the internet and so mm-hmm. i think for me selling plugins at will myers because it's my name there's like an, a certain amount of inherent trust to be like I okay that. Mm-hmm. if it doesn't work i know this guy. <laughs> i like know this guy like i know <laughs> I his can name figure out where I he lives find... <laughs> right right <laughs> exactly <laughs> honestly my address is on the receipt like you do know where i live please don't come <laughs> But I I think that helped get me started, so I don't regret it now. I'm definitely running into some growing pains now with uh, mm-hmm. marketing and stuff, and trying to figure out okay how how do I kind of let go of marketing because it is yeah. so personal to me and it is mm-hmm. my name going out there, and it mm-hmm. would be a lot easier to hire someone else to manage this if I could just you know extract my emotion from it all. But you really right. can't if it's your name. I'm never one to give my previous self a hard time for choice he made. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the right decision for me at the time. And I still think it's the right decision looking back. We'll we'll see in five years if it
0: Yeah, ultimately. right. We'll see.
1: Okay, so let's transition over to a mailbag question. How about that?
0: Yeah. Sounds great. Uh, what have we got today?
1: So this is the question. I'm just getting started as a web designer and I need to practice creating websites to build experience and also to have sites in my portfolio. What are your thoughts about creating websites for friends contacts for free? I worry that friends clients won't take things seriously enough or commit the time and attention needed for the project if it's free. But if I charge, how do I convince people to pay for me if I have no examples of my work other than my personal website? This is another great chicken or the egg question. When do yeah. you start charging if you haven't mm-hmm. done anything? Uh, why, don't, why don't you start us off here? What are your thoughts?
0: Ooh, um, I think that working for free is never a great idea. <laughs> I think that we should right. all be compensated for our time um, and expertise. So, you know, since you're developing this expertise, it would probably be a lower price point, right? Because it's the right. time that you're spending. And you're also spending some time figuring things out on these projects. So I would say a low price makes sense. Don't work for free because I love the question in there about, you know, maybe they won't really give it the attention it needs. I would say set up a contract with them and a timeline and say, Mm. I have to have this from you. I have to have the content from you on this date. Um, Here are the dates that I'm going to be doing the build and just keep it very professional, even if it's your sister, right? It's like, I'm practicing. Mm-hmm. This is going to be how it works in my business. This is a beta test. And I'm giving you this reduced rate, but we're going to go mm-hmm. through all the processes from contract to offboarding, just like I would with a regular client. And so I think that if they see it's a real process and it's a real business, they're going to be willing to pay you something. And that helps you practice though that script of like how do you tell people about your services and your process as well. So that's my take. Right. Well, what do
1: you to- think? Totally agree. Um oh my goodness, we agree again. <laughs> uh well I should say that's just I need to get out of saying that. That's like my <laughs> default southern habit whenever someone even if I totally disagree, I'll start off with being like totally agree. Totally agree. But here's where you're wrong. Um no <laughs> I think I I do agree that you need to charge something or if it's friends and family and you know, they can't afford it and you can't, I think what you said is a great idea. Sort of set up these expectations that like Mm -hmm. for for you to get something out of it as Mm -hmm. the web designer, I need for you to go through this process and let them know that this is like a process you're doing. You're not just Mm -hmm. kind of winging it. Your time isn't just like infinite and you have a system and, and process you want them to go through to help you because mm-hmm. it is friends and family. I think you can lean on that aspect of it. It'd be like, help me get my business started by yes. following what I set up and go through this. Well, you're um,
0: so nice. I, I love I, this. Uh, it's,
1: yeah. it's a problem. It's a real problem. Thanks mom. My mom made me this nice. I'm uh, not, not like a business cutthroat person at all. Um, but I probably would say there are times where it is fine to go free just because mm-hmm. that's just, uh, It's unavoidable at certain points to just get some of the experience you need to build stuff for free. It is kind of unavoidable. And even if that project doesn't fully, doesn't make you money, obviously, or it doesn't come to completion, like you don't finish that project, you've learned a little bit more about why you didn't. You learned a little bit more about like, okay, these are expectations I need to set. And for me personally, it's hard for me to learn something unless I experience it, unless I like Mm -hmm. really fail then it's hard for me to really internalize what are the reasons it didn't and fix it for next time. And so that's why I would say I I wouldn't hold yourself back from doing a free project mm-hmm. if you have one there.
0: I mm. I really, yeah. I feel like you need some buy-in from the person. And that comes from monetary compensation. Or, you know, maybe you could barter. If you're if it's your sister, it's like, okay, right. I'll do this for you for 20 hours barter. of babysitting. Yeah. Um, but something so they have some skin in the game. But I also think that, you know, it's it's also good to give back, right? So I'm not saying never do anything for free. I, I love businesses and I try to do this myself, do one um, right. pro bono website a year just to give oh, back. and And I think that's lovely, but I think when you're starting out, You know, you really need to practice keeping the rails on, on the project. So, you know, if you're bowling, you've got the bumpers on so that you're going through this process and it's not stuff that's way out of scope or out of bounds and just keep it pretty simple. And I think, I really do think it's great to, to have some kind of compensation from your work if you can.
1: Right. I totally agree that that's the right way to do it. And my only pushback is if, if what's holding you back is like Mm -hmm. making this decision, just make a decision, make a decision either way. And if you do it for free, it's 95% probably going to fail, but you'll figure out why. And you won't make that mistake again next time.
0: Here's, um, a, here's one more thought about this. If you're going to do it for free, why don't you be your client? And then you create a yeah. website that you want to build and put that in your portfolio. And it doesn't have to be live. It could just be live enough for people to see it. Um, right. So you don't have to pay for hosting for it or anything. If you're on
1: Squarespace, that's, that's not a bad idea. Say I'll do yeah. it for free, but I like, I'll build the website myself and yeah. I'll send you a video on mm-hmm. where you can change things if you want. And I'll just yeah. hand it off to you, but right. here it is. This is. You'll pay for hosting. I'll build the entire website myself. I'll build yeah. the content. I'll build, I'll add in the images because that really is the hardest part. That's the hardest. That's the reason why you want to pay is to get Mm -hmm. that content from the client to -hmm. make them feel pressure to actually do it because they won't Mm -hmm. otherwise. So if you just create it yourself for them Mm -hmm. and then hand it off, that might be be a good compromise.
0: Yeah. I think one of the landmines around lower priced projects is that people don't really trust you as an expert yet. And so they're Mm. like, oh, let's redo this page, or I want to see how this looks, or I want to see 20 different shades of blue for my brand color. Um, right. and, and I think that, you know, if you're doing it for free, they don't get to do that. Yeah. I kind of
1: like right. where you landed on care. that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good little compromise. Okay. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you found this at least somewhat useful. Yep. Somewhat useful. Thanks for joining us
0: and we'll see you next time.
1: This episode is sponsored by Growth Trackers. Have you ever heard test your marketing, but you have no idea how to do that? Social, Google, cold calls, summits, lives, freebies, marketing can be an exhausting grind. What if you knew how to choose the best path for your business? Introducing Growth Trackers, a membership for creative business owners who want to stay booked with less energy. Take charge of your leads when you learn how to find your get booked formula. Become a growth tracker at super easy backslash growth trackers and use code somewhat useful for 5% off your membership.